0: the history of the world said you know to be honest with you sometimes a friend is closer than a yeah friends 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 Learn some things from Lazarus Lazarus John chapter 11 Lazarus was a friend of Jesus followed his ministry gave money to ministry was part of the Jesus posse and he gets sick what a story He gets, like, seriously sick. So Lazarus has two sisters, Mary and Martha. That's where Eminem comes from. And Google it. Don't Google it because you won't find it. I made that part up. The rest is legit. So Mary and Martha, they send a text message to Jesus. Your buddy is sick. Because they know. They've seen it. If Jesus prays for Lazarus, Lazarus what? It's well. It's healed. And the Bible says something crazy. So Jesus, can you just do something? Can you just just pray for Can you come over here and just pray for him? The Bible says that Jesus took his time. Let him die. What? What a friend. (laughs) Oh, Oh, wow. Let me begin. I just wanna share with you a couple of things I learned from Lazarus. If you're here for the first time, we're talking about the resurrection chronicles. There are, on three occasions, prior to the resurrection of Jesus, there are three resurrection stories. Three people Christ resurrected. The young man from the funeral procession in the village of Nain, Jairus' daughter, and now Lazarus. The next resurrection story we'll talk about will be the quintessential resurrection story. The numero uno, the apex. The reason why we're in this place right now on a beautiful Sunday afternoon. So, we're gonna to get to that in a couple of weeks. But Lazarus is fascinating, John chapter 11. It begins by saying the following Lazarus is from Bethany. That's what uh, John chapter 11, verse 1. Lazarus from Bethany. Lazarus means who God helps out of. That's what it means. That you can Google. Wikipedia, that. Who God helps out of. Bethany means village of figs, comma, despair, comma, affliction that there are other the word study dictionary says depression and misery from the Aramaic translation they go deep into the breakdown the exigent of the the meaning and it's pretty powerful so Lazarus means who God helps out of he's from Bethany and Bethany is affliction despair and if you take the word study Bible depression misery let's do this again Lazarus from Bethany who God helps out of misery depression affliction despair who One more time, who God helps out of, who God helps out of. I think we got some Lazaruses in this house here today. Is there anybody here who can bear witness that God helped you out of misery and affliction and depression and despair? How many can bear witness that you're not making it up, that when other people couldn't get you out of your misery, God showed up and got you out? When you couldn't get yourself out of your misery, God showed up and helped you out. How many praise the way you praise and worship the way you worship and believe the way you believe? Because not that someone else told you, you've lived it. That when you were in your miry pit, he took you out. When you were broken, he fixed you up. Are you with me right now? So you you, you have the same testimony as Lazarus. I love what the psalmist says in Psalm chapter 40, verse 2. He took me out of my miry pit. He took new living translation, he took me out of the pit of despair. And place my feet on solid ground. Yeah. God takes you out. And so Bethany, Bethany means figs, affliction, despair, depression, and misery. Raise your right hand. I'm going to do this because I can. What can I do? Not in my name. Not in the name of Samuel Rodriguez. Not in the name of New Season. But in the name that is above all the other names. Because we have power in that name. We have, So I'm going to do it. with your hand raised. In the name, not in the name of Sam or Johnny or Larry or Billy, but in the name of Jesus, the risen Christ, I declare that your Bethany season is over. Uh-uh. I'm going to say that one more time. I declare that your season of depression is over. Your season of affliction is over. Your season of misery is over. I declare that season is over, not for a day, not for a week. Man, somebody's been battling, but for a lifetime, by the power of Jesus, your Bethany season is over. If you believe it, give God a praise like you actually believe that season is over. I dare you to shout, it's over. So they they look, you know, and... They get the message over to him, and he comes around and says, you know, what you going to do? And he goes, well, I'm going to wait. But your friend is dying. Well, he's not, it's not until death. It's actually not even dead. You all think it's dead, but it's, it's, but it's dead. But oh, stop it. I'm going to wait. And then, this is crazy. Why did he wait? He said it. So you don't have to make things up. This is not even a rhema word. It's just fact. So it's for you out there, it's a logo, direct, here's the word. Jesus said, Jesus said, I'm going to wait because if I wait, the outcome for the kingdom will be greater. Let me speak it to you in layman's terms in 21st century contextualization. If I heal Lazarus when he's sick right now, he's going to have a nice little private testimony. But if I wait for him to die, what I'm going to do is so big that even if he tries to keep it quiet, it's impossible for him to keep it quiet. In other words, I can do something with you or something through you. And when I wait, it's because I'm going to do it so big that your friends, your family members, the people that love you, and even your haters, all of them have to come together all together and say look what the Lord has done I'm speaking to someone in this service you've been You've been waiting for God to show up. You've been praying for God to show up. Some of you have been fasting and asking, when are you gonna show up? I'm here to tell you it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. And if he hasn't done it yet, he's waiting for his right time. What's the right time? For him to get the maximum glory, because what he's about to do next will give you a testimony that you cannot keep quiet. I dare you to say he's gonna do it. Nope, you need to say it like you believe it, say he's gonna do it. No, no, you're praying for your family member, you're praying for your health, you're praying for your marriage, you're praying for your children, you're praying for your circumstance. I need you to shout, he's gonna do it. I'm telling you, he's gonna do it, it's gonna be big. Every demon in hell's gonna know that God did it. Every angel in heaven's gonna know that God did it. All of your friends are gonna know that God did it. All of your enemies are gonna know that God did it. No one will be able to deny that God did it. That's what God does. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 22, we stated that verse on so many occasions. At the right time, I the Lord will make it happen. It's the right time. So he does God take his time in your perception because time is relative to him? So it, it looks like God may be taking his time. It's, oh, God is not cruel. He's not teasing you. Because he's, he's, he could do something in you or something through you. And when he does something big, he takes his time. You think he takes his time, the way we perceive it, the way we can articulate it. Ah, time oh, give me. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry so this is what I learned from Lazarus number one that God takes us out of misery number two the right time is God's time so it's being in the right place at the right time And, and the third thing I learned from Lazarus is discernment watch this You got to go heal your friend. Okay. I'm going to wait. Now I'm ready. It's the time. People we'll say, where are you going? No, I'm going to go do my thing with Lazarus. Well, where are you going? I'm going to go to Bethany. His disciples say, because they told you that the brother he died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are you going? Bethany. Read it. I'm not making it up. Verse 7 and 8. John 11. His disciples, his posse, his buddies look at him and say, you can't go back to Bethany. What do you mean? Hey, Jesus, come here. Remember, when we were there last time, they, they, they we barely, the Bible says, quote, they barely came out alive. They wanted to stone you. They wanted to kill you. They even said, if you ever come back here, they're going to take you out. Jesus, you're going to get stoned and not like people in Berkeley. <sighs> That's a different stone. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to kill you if you go back to Judea what if you go back there they're gonna kill you wait a minute what are you telling me we can't go back there are you crazy and Jesus just being Jesus so you're telling me the last time we were there I remember we barely came out alive they wanted to kill us they wanted to stone us and now you're telling me if I go back they're gonna do it huh Uh uh-huh okay that's Judea that's Bethany of Judea now watch this so Jesus these are people that love him but they were giving him wrong advice I'm going to preach now in a second. These are not haters. This is his posse. Sometimes the closest people around you, even good people, may hold you back from stepping into your place of destiny if they are not perfectly lined up listening to the same spirit that you are. I'm going to preach now and drop the mic and maybe walk away. There comes a time in everyone's life where you have to just, when everyone, there comes a time when the people around you say don't do it, when when, when all the data says don't do it, when your bank account says don't do it, when even your flesh says don't do it, but even though everything says don't do it, there is a spirit inside of you that says I know it doesn't make sense to anyone around you, but I'm telling you go in, I'm telling you take that step you do it are you here right now Have you ever been in a place in your life where you had to ignore everyone's advice because you were driven by someone inside of you who told you, do it? If you've been there, I'm I'm here to tell you, everyone has to cross that Jordan. Everyone has to cross the Rubicon of making a decision based on the spirit of God inside of you. His disciples who are his buddies, don't do it. The circumstances, don't do it. The mafia in Bethany said, don't you come in here. But Jesus said, I'm coming in. What, what, what happened when he came in? He went to Bethany and resurrected whom? How many days was he dead? No. Yes. <laughs> Boy, smelled. Boy. What some have argued it was the apex of all the miracles. Physical miracles, that was it. Stop. There was a threat. He was threatened. Behind the threat was a miracle. I'm here to tell you, behind the threat, there's a miracle. Now you ain't getting that. Behind the warfare that you're going through, there's a miracle. Behind the adversity that you're going through, there's a miracle. Somebody should be shouting right about now. Behind the hell that has risen up against you, there is a miracle. I need you to put a smile on your face. If all hell has shown up to keep you down, put a smile on your face, you're going in. Because behind that, there is a miracle with your name on it. If you receive that, raise your hand. If you understand that behind the warfare, there's a miracle. Behind the adversity, there is abundance. Beyond the brokenness, there is blessedness. Raise both hands. That's why the devil's trying to keep you out. He's trying to keep you out. He's trying to keep you out. He's trying to tell you don't go in. It's all a distraction, baby. He's trying to tell you don't go in. Don't go in. Don't go in. Jesus looked at his disciples and said, I love you, but right now I'm gonna ignore your advice. I'm gonna go in there. I have destiny in that place. I have something to do in that place. I feel an anointing right about now. I dare you to push anything. Hey, hey, I need you to push everything that's in your way. I dare you to shout I'm going in. Say it like you believe it, say I'm going in. I'm going in with my praise, I'm going in with my prayer, I'm going in with my worship, I'm going in with my faith, I'm going in in the name of Jesus, I'm going in under the blood of Jesus, I'm going in with the spirit of Jesus. I'm going in, somebody say I'm going in. So if you haven't experienced any warfare, if the devil hasn't attempted to keep you down and shut you out, this is not for you. But those of you who have been facing such stuff, I need you to put that Colgate smile on and say, I'm going in. Oh, man, you're trying to tell me not to do what? I'm going in. 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 I'm going in, because if God before us, who can be against us? I'm going in, because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm going in, I'm going in, because no weapon formed against me, I'm going in. Because the battle is mine, say of the Lord, I'm going in. I'm going in, 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 I'm going in. So he went in, he went in, he went in, he went in anyhow. He went in, he just bypassed the no and the don't go in and the bad news. He went in and he stepped in stepped in, stepped in, we're the haters now, the wording is awesome, because they literally told them, they're going to stone you, he walks in, and he tells them, but you, Lazarus, and I don't going really to get into Mary and Martha, his two sisters, one of them came out, one of them stayed behind, that's been preached on, and we could cover that another day. And I have time limitations here and contractual obligations, so I can't go deep into it right now. But this is what Jesus did. He stepped in, and in the first Lazarus—how many days? Did he, he's four days. Four days. De- rolled the stone away. He rolled this. They were. They wanted to stone me. Now I'm gonna speak to the biggest stone in the place, and I'm gonna command. <laughs> Move the stone away. <laughs> He moved the stone away, and then this is what Jesus said. First of all, he wept, he cried. This is one of the few occasions. Over Jerusalem he cried, for his friend he cried. His humanity cried, his divinity told him to come forth. You're going to get this tomorrow morning. So he cried because it was his friend, and you cried for your friends. The Bible says you mourn with those who Right? So we weep with those that weep and we rejoice with those that are rejoicing. So he practiced it. He lived it out. So he went and cried. That's my boy. My boy died. And I know I knew the whole thing, but it still hurts. (laughs) He's my boy. But then he went like, all right, all right, okay. Then he did something crazy. The place is packed out. People are looking. That boy smells bad. Four days four days, wrapped up dead, and Jesus says, Lazarus! Now I need to put things in perspective from a physiological scientific standpoint. Lazarus is not in a coma. Lazarus is dead. Jesus spoke to a dead man. How can a dead man listen to his voice? How can a dead man listen to a voice? If you're born again, raise one hand. If you've been washed by the blood of Jesus raise both hands. Y'all should be answering me back because you were dead in sin and yet you heard his voice. You're here right now because when you were dead, you heard his voice. You were not alive when you heard his voice. Spiritually speaking, you were dead in sin and yet you heard the voice because being dead does not disqualify you from hearing the voice of almighty God. I don't Dead people listen to the voice of heaven. So he says, we're going to land this. So he says, Lazarus. I love this. I love this. I love this. I love this. A man's dead for four days. Lazarus. Come forth. Come out, come out, wherever you are. Lazarus is dead. Listens to the voice of heaven. And the man, it's not like Lazarus had a choice. Jesus didn't say, Lazarus, if you want to. If you're inclined. If you find within yourself. He said, I'm not asking you, boy. Does it look to you like I'm asking you to come out? I'm telling you, come out now. Oh, man, have you ever been in a place in your life where you were so jacked up, dead, broken, discombobulated that God just said, come out of that? Your body didn't want to come out. Your mind didn't want to come out. Your circumstances didn't want to come out. But somehow you came out. The reason you came out has nothing to do with you. Get over yourself. Stop patting yourself on the back and saying, I overcame my circumstances. I overcame my problem. I overcame the hell you went through. Oh, no, you didn't. God overcame. God overcame. God gave you the power. God gave you the grace. So he told them, come out. Somebody bring me a Lazarus. We don't play here. Bring me a Lazarus. Stand that boy up. Stand him up. Look this way. Now stick around here, guys. I'm going to show you something. Let <laughs> a handsome young man. True story. You want to hear a little secret between Pastor Sam, y'all? This is my youth pastor. I love him. That's a spiritual son. But, well, well, this is crazy. So he, this is a true story. I know we're recording this around the world, but I'm going to say it anyway. He, he's about to get married. So I told him, this is what you should wear on your honeymoon. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, stop it. <laughs> watch, you, watch this. I'm going to show you something that will just mess you up. Watch this. Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. He looked like this. I'm not making this up. He had, look like a mummy. He was wrapped up in such a way that it looked similar to this. It wouldn't be too far from this. Different materials, of course, but not too far from this. This is crazy stuff. Watch this. He says, Lazarus, come forth. So he's like this. He's wrapped up. So Jesus says, remove the stone. Jesus didn't move it. He told somebody to move it. The Bible says, read it, Lazarus was surrounded by friends and family members and spectators. So we move to stone. Then Jesus, he, so he, Lazarus, be, you know, there's an appearance of Lazarus. So Jesus sees the eye contact and he says, Unwrap him, loosen him, take away. Now stop for a second, I want you to hear me. He, he came, he was alive. When Jesus had come forth, but he was still wrapped up in what he went through. Respectfully, some of y'all look like this. You're alive, but you're still wrapped up in what you went through. You're still wrapped up in yesterday's chapter. You're wrapped up in yesterday's drama. You're wrapped up in what took place a year ago, three years ago, five years ago, 20 years ago. You're alive because Jesus said come forth, but you're still wrapped up. My God, I'm about to preach now. You know why you're in this house today? Because you're about to be unwrapped. You're about to be lucid. Your grave clothes are coming off you. You've been walking and living like this. This is about to come off you. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. Did Jesus unwrap him? Who did? Did Jesus unwrap him? Who was it? The people around him. Read it. You gotta surround yourself with people that are willing to remove the stuff that was on you from your past. I'm preaching now. Surround yourself with people that unwrap you. Surround yourself with people that say, get that off you. You're not who you used to be. You're not dead anymore. You're anointed. You're blessed. You are a child of the living God. You're not. Somebody give God a shout of praise. Lift up your hands. Stand with me. Those that are not standing, everybody else is standing. You could be alive and still wrapped by what you went through. You could be alive and still wearing the garbs of yesterday's struggle, yesterday's failure, yesterday's brokenness, yesterday's pain. You can be alive and still wrapped up. You can be alive and look like that. Jesus did not unwrap them. Jesus' job is to tell you to come out, be alive, live. But you have to surround yourself with people that when you find yourself wearing the vestiges of yesterday's drama, yesterday's pain, that are looking at you, that love you enough to say that's not who you are anymore. You need to look like what you really are. No, I'm, I'm preaching to somebody right now i'm not going to permit you to have a like i'm not this is disconnected i'm not going to permit you to look like you're still dead when you are alive in the name of jesus as long as we're together i'm gonna make sure you look like you're living you praise like you're living you walk like you're living are there any living people in the house here today there's two things right now if you're still wrapped. If you're still bound, wrapped up in what you went through, you're in this service today and you're listening online around the world because today is the day that the grave clothes are coming off you. (sighs) Lazarus, what did I learn from Lazarus? I learned that you can be alive and still be in your grave clothes. Here. Here, you gotta unwrap this mind. Your mind has to catch up to the Spirit of God inside of you. You Gotta unwrap your mind. If you're getting this, raise one hand. Look up here. Final point, I promise, we're done. Look up here. He resurrects his friend. After he does this, he goes into Jerusalem, he meaning Jesus. On a new cult, never been used before. Palm Sunday, yay. Hosanna. The people cheered him one day, crucified him the next. Mm, about that. He goes on the cross. He's dead. It is finished. On the third day, he resurrects. Stop for a second. What did Jesus do in Bethany to his friend? He resurrected him. What happened to Jesus sometime later? He was resurrected. Do unto others. Do you think it's a coincidence that Jesus resurrected his friend before he was resurrected? Hey, Lazarus, I'm sowing a seed into you. I'm going to resurrect you today because my day is coming. Well, I'm going to need to be resurrected. But guess what? I'm going to resurrect you on the fourth day. I'm going to beat you. I'm going to be resurrected on the third day. Are you with me right now? Pastor Sam, what are you saying? The Matthew principle, the golden rule. Yeah, yeah, you do unto others as you would like done unto you. But listen, I want you to hear me carefully. If you want forgiveness, forgive someone. If you want resurrection, resurrect someone. So, uh, see, find a friend and a family member that right now is dead, that's bound, and tell them to come out. And if they say, I don't want to come out, tell them, I'm not giving you a choice because your breakthrough is connected to my miracle. Look up here. I learned from Lazarus that really at the end of the day, it really is about worshiping him. What does that mean? Did I tell you what John chapter 11, verse 2 says? Did I tell you that when John, full of the Holy Spirit, is writing what took place, this is what John says. Lazarus, from Bethany, The brother of Mary and Martha. And then he says, Do you know who they are? Go to the next one, Sunshine. No, no, the next verse, Sunshine. The next verse before I call you Sunset. (laughs) This is the Mary, go back. Go back. Now I'm going to call, yeah. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume. Stop it. John is talking about Lazarus and connects Lazarus to the Mary who worshiped the Lord. What are you talking about? This has never been done before. It's a commercial for something that hasn't even happened yet. No, you missed it. He's writing about something that that he already knows of, but it's in the next chapter. But he got so excited about what Mary did that he was compelled to write about it in the Lazarus resurrection. You totally missed it. He, he he's writing about Lazarus. He should have focused on Lazarus and went like, Lazarus, yeah, he resurrected. Oh, but that's not the big point. You know his sister? Woohoo! Boy, did she ever worship Jesus? I'm here to tell you that God's doing, he connected the resurrection of Lazarus with the worship of Mary. I'm telling you that what God's doing in your life today has nothing to do with the way you failed him yesterday, but the way you're going to praise him and worship him tomorrow. Are you with me right now? God is investing something in you because he knows that tomorrow's praise and tomorrow's worship will be extraordinary. Somebody give God your best worship right about now and your best praise. That's what I learned from Lazarus. Let me have some of this. Don't walk with this. Don't walk. You could be alive and still wrapped up in what you went through. Don't walk with it. Surround yourself with people that will help you remove and shed the grave clothes. You need people in your life. That will say that's not who you are anymore. Father, seal this word by the power of your Holy Spirit. In every mind, body, soul, and spirit, I feel that right now in this service, you're taking grave clothes off. Holy Spirit, I believe you're supernaturally intervening. There are people that are alive, yet wearing, the, the, wearing the vestiges of what they went through. Wearing the garb of pain and destruction and failure and brokenness. And you're telling us not who you are anymore. I already spoke life into you live it out walk it out breathe it out look like it speak like it talk like it live like it act like it forgive like it love like it believe like it that's your word today all in the mighty name of Jesus thank you for the resurrection power of Jesus for the grace of Jesus for the blood of Jesus for the truth of Jesus thank you that in Christ all things are possible we receive this if you receive it raise one hand and say it is all mine If you receive it for you and your children and your children's children, even if you don't have physical children but you will have spiritual children, say, it's ours. Say, in Jesus' name, amen.